Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest And welcome back to the greatest show on earth that is Talking Terror. Once again, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back to this episode of the show where we're going to be discussing the demonic themes film pick of the week. So as you know, we're going back to France, this time in the year 2018, and we're talking about Girls with Balls, directed by Olivier Alfonso. It's all in the title. You know what it's going to be. It's going to be about transvestite hookers with balls bigger than mine. Put mine to shame. Or it could be about a volleyball team. We're going to fix it. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. <laughs> but before all that, I'm joined by all the beautiful, the ghoul geek Keith. Falcon. 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 <laughs> what is up, everybody? How are you doing right out the gate? Go Falcons, by the way. Go Falcons. Uh, you know what? Here in Monroe Township... You know what? I've been a brave my entire life, except here in Monroe. Our team is indeed the Falcons. The Falcons! 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 You also ride an RVs and play a guitar, looking like Tom Brady. That's good. We are are indeed. The Prince of Monkey. Yes, Monkey gets funny with it. Yeah, keeping it funky, keeping it fresh. Hey there, Falcon fans. This is the Mad Monkey broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey. We're here by the Digital Clinic where we, the Talking Terror crew, bring you the best damn horror podcast there is in all of the land. So make sure you listen on Spotify, listen on iTunes, listen on Blog Talk, listen wherever you get your fucking podcast. Just make sure you fucking listen. What's up, motherfucker? Hi, dude. Hi, my <laughs> <laughs> Y'all interrupting me, making me sad, man, preempting my shit. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) I won't do it again, I promise. I could have been a contender. (laughs) (laughs) Who still persists tonight, the demonic dean, very astute, very educated, very opinionated dean. Hello, welcome back to the show, sir. All of those things, and I just, I feel, I need to ask, because... It's unusual on this program, but since I joined in like 30 seconds late, were you talking about football? No. Falcon. <laughs> Falcon. Falcon. <laughs> we were talking about the Falcons, but not the Atlanta Falcons. <laughs> Indeed, because they're not in the Super Bowl this upcoming weekend. Happy Super Bowl no. week, everybody. Yeah. I know right my hear that part. I heard, I heard make it. I heard I heard Tom Brady. I mean, I was just like, are they, are they talking about fucking football? I would expect it from no. the blue, but I don't know how, how how much anyone else is into it. You know what I'm saying? I, I, like I had no 
I had no season pool for this year <laughs> just because of COVID and the way things were at work. Just so many people in and out and stuff like that. So I wasn't really, really into it like I was usually of following teams, following stats, <laughs> keeping up my pool picks for the, every week. But yeah. Yeah, I didn't get to win money like Is I normally do every buzz? year with the, uh, with the pool. <laughs> nah, I don't got a buzz, man. No. No, I heard. I heard I for a minute. You. I heard a. Uh, I heard a buzz, like a loud buzz. I didn't. I don't know if anyone else heard that. Sorry, that was my vibrator. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> it's well, the monkey's really getting show. funky with the tapioca tonight, huh? Yeah. Limited edition talking terror tapioca. <laughs> you want one? That not a, like. not available at E C. <laughs> Monkey don't use that shit. Not <laughs> 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 Okay. <laughs> All right. So before we get anything, <laughs> before we get into anything else, snack packs. I used to be, I used to call him Lunchbox, but then he all went all fucking vegan, and now I gotta call him Snackbox. Look at well, this you motherfucker! Know, you know how that whole thing goes, man. It's, it's that's that white cream that's in the middle of the two chocolates. You know what I mean? When you get those uh, those special snack bags. <laughs> no. So before we get to what, Mike? What are you saying? All right. So before we get into uh, horror news, Ghoul, do you want to do a Wandavision recap? For the last two episodes, what? What's yeah. that? <laughs> it's this new Marvel show. It's this it's this new Marvel show that no one wants to watch. <laughs> I got some chicks. <laughs> I think I think after this past week's episode, I think the fans are starting to to kind of come around a little bit. I mean, like we discussed about yeah. it the first time we talked about this whole thing. You know, this isn't your run-of-the-mill show. This wasn't what they intended to put out first and foremost. They wanted to let things start to develop into the weird before they entered the weird. True. Um, but, yeah, of the stuff that happened and stuff like that, it totally threw me off because I didn't realize um, that our chick Geraldine like until I was doing some research, our chick Geraldine is actually tied into the Captain Marvel movie. Yeah, she's the young daughter of yeah. Captain Marvel's friend. Uh, I uh-huh. knew who she was ahead of time only because oh. I knew the casting of Tayona Paris, who plays her. So when I'd seen that Tayona Paris was announced to be in this show, so when she kind of got introduced, yeah, I was kind of like, oh, okay, maybe this is like an alternative universe of her or something like that. But obviously it is, uh, it's where it shall be going, which episode four showed us that they are fucking going wild. Yeah, and I, I like that um, while all of us were calling it the snap, they, they gave it a new name. <laughs> um, you know, ma- making it, you know, Disney official, how how they're gonna address the whole Thanos thing that happened. <laughs> so I mm-hmm. thought that was cool that they did that. They had the news broadcast going on in the background, um, and again, just showing what we all called the snap from a news perspective and from yeah, um, a civilian's point of view. 
we got teases of that with Far From Home, um, the Spider-Man yeah. film as well. Um, they called it the blip. Uh, what I'm sorry, what did they call it again now in WandaVision? I forgot. They, they called it the, the blip in WandaVision. What? The blip? Okay. Which is what they were calling it in <laughs> Far From Home as well. They're calling it the blip. Um, okay. So that, uh, that, that's being consistent with it and everything. I prefer the snap. But I guess the blip makes yeah, more me sense too. considering how many people in that greater world knew Thanos snapped his fingers. You know, so the idea that this True. flip occurred, that people just vanished, you know, poof, bye-bye, um, was, was uh, it's fun. You know, and I liked seeing that, that we were able to go back a little bit, get an idea of what was happening, how it was happening, gave us a placement of where we are in the timeline that mm-hmm. I think was what everybody wanted to know. Um, but, again, here we are in, well, I can't even say current time, though I guess we're closer to current time if I remember the timeline correct five years would be 2023 so we're only two years away from uh, from where they are now yeah and I'm just you know again like you said people that I were talking to that were very um, <clears throat> excuse me you know hesitant about getting into the show but we're watching it you know we're finally like oh okay now I get it and I was like see I fucking told you just wait it out, and it's going to fucking happen. And they're like, but they burnt half the hmm. season to do it. I'm like, they weren't burning the season. That's called story building, man. <laughs> you just can't get thrown into this shit. This, this is a different approach to Marvel storytelling, is them taking their time to tell the story. Plus, we're only talking about 30-minute episodes, you know, each, if that. Um, so it's not like you get a whole lot of story per episode anyway. But I'm just well, hoping yeah. that next week – oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, well, like we said with, you know, with the past – the first two episodes, you know, this whole idea was to, to showcase not only the characters, but we're also getting little tidbits of personality and, and build up towards bigger things and what these characters are capable of doing. We're getting wonderful acting out of Paul Bettany and the Olsen, Elizabeth Olsen. Um, there's so many Olsons. Uh, they're like Culkins, you know what I mean? They're all over the place. Like, I'm surprised that the Culkins <laughs> and the Olsons never, like, made it and, like, created, like, Colsons. Or, oh, there you go, Phil Colson. That's where he came from. It's the fucking <laughs> the merge of uh, Macaulay Culkin and one of the fucking twins. Um, and don't forget, and but, don't forget Kat, Kat Dennings, who's so damn hot. <laughs> dude, uh, she, seriously, I was so happy to see her in this show. Because, yes, one... Yeah, she's very cute, you know, and she plays that that cute, quirky, smart, and sarcastic and funny all in that one little package, and it is it is a wonderful thing. She is some of the best parts of the Thor movies, and she is a much, much, much needed breath of fresh air towards the more modern side of what we're getting out of this show. Um, you know, obviously, let's call yeah. Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen are stealing the show. They are both fantastic. Episode three, you know, with the pregnancy and everything, was phenomenal. Here we have a 70s style sitcom. We've moved out of the 50s and the 60s. We've moved off into the 70s, complete with color, saturation, outfits, the whole nine. The lingo, the hairstyles, it's all there. And it is fun. It reminds me of every Brady Bunch episode. You know, obviously, listen, not every Brady Bunch episode had Jan pregnant with twins. Um, 
But, you know, it, it just had that same vibe, that feel, that, that pacing, all of that stuff. Um, Even the staircase. And then, <laughs> and then yeah, you know, we, we find out what happens with Geraldine when she gets blasted out. And I think, you know, everybody keeps asking, you know, who's, who's the big villain? Who's the big villain? Well, we find out that the beekeeper, which is interesting because that turns out to really be innocuous. It's just what happens when people pass through. They become something yep. that is within the realm that has been created there. Mm-hmm. I think the big question now is, is who created this, this pocket world? Um, yeah. You know, this, this, little, this little pocket that they've got going on here. It could be Wanda, being that we've watched her literally manipulate not only the, the, the world around her using her powers, but she's even manipulating time and the reality by rewinding things and moving things around and changing them completely. Um, so this whole thing could just be a buildup that she created. I know we've, we're trying to, like, kid her around spoilers, man, but if we're going to talk about the show, we've got to be able to talk about the damn show. Um, you know, so, so everything could conceivably be her creation here. Um, so if that's the case, then very mm. cool. We're seeing a step up mm. in her powers, which was exactly what I said they were going to do with this show, because they need to introduce her as being capable of doing major damage, not to villains, yeah. but possibly to the universe in general. Yeah. And uh, as the show continues, um, I'm just really hoping that they keep going through the decades of what they have. I hope they don't stop the sitcom world that's going on and then just go full board drama. I hope they just keep doing a nice balance now of the two. Because I really want to see what happens if they go to the eighties. <laughs> yeah, well, well, that would obviously we're either getting late seventies or eighties next episode. I'm sure. We, I think they're going to stick with the sitcom routine that they've been doing. I think we just needed to hmm. get the outside perspective to let us know what's really going on from you know what I mean. What what the rest of the universe is yeah. doing. This way, it's not like oh, oh what interesting the fuck? theory. You know, the timeline is that this isn't that, isn't it, Dean? Isn't it? Do you want to talk about the current hockey season? Let's not. Uh, anyway, no. so <laughs> no, I don't. Good. I don't come here to talk about that. Um, no. <laughs> so anyway, though, the whole thing is, is that uh, so you totally fucking threw me off, you asshole. Uh, I'm just uh, I'm being serious. Eight. I thought it was an interesting theory. I wasn't making fun. I have a feeling what I would love to see, and I mean, obviously, I guess it would be a little more bittersweet now with Dustin Diamond dying, would be if they did something in the 90s in which it became like a high school, like a teen high school show using the twins, the kids. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Having oh. them aged up at that point. So being that that was so prevalent in that timeline, you know, Saved by the Bell, 90210, it was like you turned around, there was another high school freaking drama going on. Yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. Totally forgot about how quickly they could possibly age the twins, man. So that's a really good theory there, man. Oh, shit. Uh, okay. Okay. But so we're, see, but, now, but, Dean, <laughs> Dean, now you can say what you wanted to say. What were you going to what'd you say? Uh, there was nothing I wanted to say. Theory. I just said that was an interesting mm-hmm. theory that you shared. That's all I said. That's, I don't that's understand why. I wanted why. to hear you say again. I wanted to hear you say again okay. that it was an interesting theory. <laughs> it was an interesting theory. I'm glad that you brought up – I'm glad that you did bring up Dustin Diamond because I feel compelled uh, to make a public apology because when 
the word went round, you know, just a month or so ago that uh, he was really sick with stage four cancer. It just like, it was right around the timing of the Save by the Bell reboot and uh, the sh- that of which Dustin Diamond was not invited to participate in. And uh, he obviously, as we, if you've been paying attention to him over the years, has been uh, shameless in the different pursuits that he's done to maintain his name in the public eye. And I posted to our group chat a theory that perhaps... <laughs> Uh, he was full of shit that uh, maybe he was just, uh, may- yeah, <laughs> saved by the smell. Uh, he was, uh, you know, maybe just putting that word out there to keep his name out there, to just get some publicity, maybe pull some attention away from the Saved by the Bell reboot, uh, especially because, like, the reports of the stage four, but not what kind of cancer, like, there were just things in the reporting that kind of didn't add up a little bit, so... Given the news of of this week, I am just I am I am so upset, and uh, that I would have you know made a, such a, a a statement like that. Um, I feel really bad. Um, I was a viewer of Saved by the Bell, and uh, you know it's just really sad that he got so sick. And what I read apparently was that he had a this lump in his throat, and he just kept putting off going to the doctor and putting off going to the doctor because. Uh, he was afraid to find out what it was, g- given that there was such a severe history of cancer in his family. So uh, rest in peace, Dustin Diamond. I'm 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 sorry for 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 my doubt. That's sad. Very sad. Yeah, it was a horrible thing, man. You know, that I was uh, obviously too a big fan of Saved by the Bell. Um, it was a you know a, a morning staple of. You know, my my, Amber week, my weekend routine um, when it would come on Saturdays on NBC around here. Uh, then, obviously, when it went into syndication and, you know, was on, I don't know, all the time it felt like. It felt like there was always – it was almost like Law & Order is now. It always felt like at some point or another there was a <laughs> channel that you could, put on, you could put on, and there was a Saved by the, the Bell rerun going on. Um, you know, I remember Good Morning, Miss Bliss. You know what I mean? So – like I, I was following yep. that show at the the earliest points of it. I was a you know a big NBC yes. nerd as a kid. I was a big Punky Brewster fan too. Um, it's like my oh, first crush, <laughs> which is coming. Man, which he is, roll I'm, up. So, I'm so excited, so excited. That show is coming back. Actually, man, they're doing a whole like yeah. review of that yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it Moon is. Fry and everything, man. <laughs> On the peacocks, motherfuckers, and we're gonna have peacocks because we got the WWE Network. So I am fucking stoked. Um, <laughs> So anyway, though, back to Justin Diamond. Yeah, you know, this is a horrible thing, and it just again goes to show as we get the, as we hit these ages, we need to start getting checked, man, and that sucks. That just really tells us that we're getting old. Yeah, he's man. Only a, he's a year older than I am. Yeah, yeah, and my, my age, I'm 44, man. Uh, so there's that, there's that too. Like seeing uh, this illness and death and my age, and look, uh, I'm sure the same for you. I, I have. In my life, I have seen uh, more friends uh, than I care to think about who have passed away. Um, I recently, uh, you know, scanned my entire uh, Facebook friends list to just kind of clear out some some accounts that just there was no need for me to to have any kind of social media friendship. Uh, and I was I was really startled 
by the sheer amount of people in my friends list that are no longer alive. Um, so, you know, obviously we know death is part of life, but uh, if we want to prolong that, which I would hope that like myself, all of you do, uh, yeah, I would imagine getting checked out is, is important. And, uh, you know, the, the wear and tear, like I've been uh, not a serious illness per se, but like I've been dealing with this knee thing that I've been getting treatment for and, and, and trying to figure it out. And it's, it's, it's annoying. Like shit is just fucking not working the way it's supposed to work anymore. Well, you got to get yourself okay. fixed, man, because you got to get back on the fucking ice once shit clears up, man. Well, that's why I've been going through the process of trying to figure this out and get treatment. So when the time comes, I'm ready to go. So everybody knows my story. You know, two years ago, I started getting a weird fucking feeling in my chest out of nowhere. You know, I think a lot of people probably would have ignored it, chalked it up to something else. And thank God I didn't. You know, I didn't have a heart attack, but I had fucking 100 percent blockage, you know, in my chest. At fucking what was 42, the, what did, what did that 41 years old feel like when that was when that was coming on? Uh, the easiest way to explain it was almost like a pinching sensation in the middle of my chest. Um, I found myself getting winded with like the most basic things like walk up a set of stairs like four or five steps and completely like out of breath like what the hell is going on you know and I might not be in the greatest shape of my life but I would never allowed myself to get so out of shape that that would win me that easy you know so I knew something had to be up at that point and uh yeah got checked and next thing you know there we go three stents later and I'm fucking ticking still even though now I pass next thing you know I get gas and it's like Oh, fuck, I'm having a heart attack. I'm going to die. So I fart. I fart. I'm like, oh, thank God. Oh, I just had a fart. I took two gummies the one fucking night, man. And seriously, you know what? I took two gummies. I ate some some fucking pasta out. I ate some pasta Alfredo, okay, and there I am, I'm fucking, the, for whatever reason, the pasta Alfredo must not have been, like, going down right, like, my belly's all distended, I've got all kinds of, like, chest problems going on, where, like, it's hurting now, and I'm bugging out now, I'm thinking, oh my god, this is it, I'm really gonna fucking die this time, motherfucker, you know, because, of course, I'm panicking, being that I've got fucking gummy juice, you know, like, fucking the gummy bears, like, running through me, I feel like I'm bouncing here, there, and everywhere. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking high adventure. Look out. Beyond compare, let me tell you. All right, but yeah, it was something, man. <laughs> the problem with them fucking yeah, too is when they start baby. coming down, I start getting, I get, pal- I get palpitations when, when I start coming down off of that because that fucks with your heart rate a little bit. So yeah, I got to stick to like the onesies, not the twosies. <laughs> I'm definitely not eating the Alfredo again. <laughs> All right. So everyone get yourselves checked at the proper times and whatnot so, so they continue to hear horror news. So, and cheers. Dean, what and is, cheers. The important thing. Sorry. Before horror news, cheers. And may he rest in peace, Dustin Diamond, a.k.a. Samuel Screech Powers. You know. Who, yeah. Uh, one Just one more day he wasn't able to be saved by the smell. You know, he actually just said that uh, it was his, it was, uh, it was his his head, but it wasn't his cock, that it was a, no, that it wasn't real. (laughs) Oh, really? It was a, it wasn't, it was a, a, um, you know, like Boogie Nights. It was like a, uh, like a a prosthetic. Prop, it was a prop cop. Prop cop. Uh, Prop cop. Oh, no shit. I I never even bothered watching it, man. I just always heard that he was hung. So. Yeah, I didn't see see it either, but, uh. 
I couldn't watch him in a play, I, dude. I would have felt. I heard about so the awkward. Dirty Sanchez part. Yeah. No, I heard about the Dirty Sanchez thing, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> He's, like, really fucking dead. Like, you're really reaching the fucking depths if you're fucking putting out the Dirty Sanchez. But, yeah, apparently, yeah, the <laughs> word was the massive, massive fucking cock, but it turns out it was not real. You should have uh, let him die with some grace there and j- just been like, hey, he was hung. Good, good job. But no, you <laughs> yeah. sit there and got to d- do that. Yeah, you and your truthful reporting, Dean. <laughs> I just, you know, I was, you know, given the death, I had been just reading some articles about the life of Dustin Diamond over the last couple of days, and uh, you know, that was something that had come up. So I just, given really? our discussion, felt that it was the appropriate forum to share such news. Saw him do okay. stand up in Maryland back in like the early two thousands, and. Uh... It was uh, it was funny, really, really funny. You know, and the, the kid opened it up. He like literally just walks out on stage, and like his first fucking words is, you know, "fuck Zach Morris." You know, like right off the bat, it was like, you know, just just so you guys know, it's kind it's kind of like when you go see Bob Saget in you know in in stand up because it's, oh he it's not so it's not the television personality. It is something else completely. It's raunchy. It's nasty. It's dirty. So, but he had us dying. He was really, really funny. <laughs> so, and also Dean What? Yeah, you moving on from monkey. What's wrong with Dustin you? Diamond Sliding right over to Hal Holbrook A Celebrated yeah. actor Has passed away He of The Fog and Creep Show And like 130 other things but, uh, you know, a very esteemed, uh, very classic actor passed away as well. So, cheers to Hal Holbrook. Indeed. That guy, like I said, he just always seemed old. So, it was yes. almost like one of those, like, holy shit, he's still alive type of moments. Um, but, yeah, mm-hmm. now nah, rest in peace, man. Never, never want to see anybody go. It's just, like I said, it just reminded me that I'm getting older. Yeah, man. So... Uh, you know, he has not passed away, but perhaps his career has. I don't. I want to get some of your your takes on this, if you have any takes, or maybe you don't even give a shit. But uh, I, for one, don't really give a shit because theory. I was never a fan of. <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, was never a fan of this person to begin with, but apparently, uh, Ma- Marilyn Manson uh, is in the deep doo doo uh, because apparently he's a serial abuser and manipulator and groomer of of young women, and uh, he's already lost. Uh, his job on the the upcoming creep show uh, season two. uh, And he also lost his role on the, I think it's Showtime, maybe stars, but the American gods uh, series. So uh, he seems to be losing, uh, losing out on all, on all, on a lot of his, on a lot of his gigs. So I don't know how anybody feels about that. Um, Again, these are just allegations of course. Um, But, but yeah, man. Now, King, it, uh, it, is this new news about any of this going on? Like, like these allegations popping up? Is like, is this all some brand new shit that you know of, or is this something like, like that's been going on for a while, man? It's not news to me. I mean, going back to when he was married to Dita Vontis, she divorced him because of that, because he was a groomer and an abuser and just a piece of shit, you know. So even years ago. You know, those allegations came out about him. Wes Borwin from Limp Biscuit, who hung out with him a bunch of times, just say that back in the day. 
that he's a scumbag, that he's a womanizer. You know, Evan Rachel Wood was the recent one that came out and said that. So it's not new to anybody that, that knows about Marilyn Manson. He's a scumbag. Like, I've never liked Marilyn Manson that much. Is there a couple songs that I do like from him? Yes. But as a person, he's just trash. But it's not new. I mean, it might be new to you guys because you haven't followed it as long as I have. But, yeah, it's just it, – it's good that it's coming out now, you know, that he really is just a trash when it comes to women. So it, it's good that, you know, it, it's coming out and people are being more aware of just how scumbag he is because it needs to be out there, you know, and these people coming out and saying it. I, I appreciate it because these people need to be exposed. Like I said, like I said, with everything, man. At this point, it is all allegations, though. Um, so hopefully, there'll be you know proof provided that'll uh, you know that'll show without a hundred without a, a shadow of a doubt. And then this way, yeah, absolutely. If uh, if he is guilty of any of these things, then then yeah, I mean, obviously, he should be shunned and, and punished. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not yeah, doubting anybody with it. I'm just you know, it's just the whole. Yeah. He said, she said thing, you know, I'm never a fan of people that want to just jump right on top of something because somebody said something, you know, this one time. Uh, again, it's not a not a, a statement on the people saying it. Uh, it's just a matter of, you know, let's let's get all the info out there and uh, and do what's got to be done. I think, you know, obviously the studios are doing the right thing by uh, by disconnecting from him uh, and allowing it time to uh, to, to go wherever it's got to go. Yeah, well, the studios mm-hmm. also are doing what studios do, man. They're just trying to fucking save, save face. That's that, you know. That that that's all that is. One hundred percent, man. Is you know, <laughs> they're busy just trying to cover their ass, you know. And despite, like, I'm sorry, man. Despite any statements that are being made by the studios, you know, saying we support, you know, <clears throat> anyone that's being subjected to this kind of stuff or whatever, whatever. You're just covering your ass. That's all it is. You're just putting a fancy, sentimental coating on top of it. That's all that is. They're trying to avoid the, you know, listen, I'm sure to a degree there are people involved that are sympathetic to the plight. Um, But, yeah, they also cover in their ass to avoid protesters and picketers and people fucking calling for boycotts and complaining about this and complaining about that. Absolutely. I mean, look, it always comes down to to money and viewership, you know. Um, But, Mm. you know, obviously, you know, like like I'm very fond of saying, you know, I I love, I love, I love the the, the empty rhetoric and the empty threats. Because don't you remember how, I don't know, what was it, half a year, maybe a little more than half a year ago? Remember, nobody was going to have Netflix anymore because that cutie show came out. and, And that was it. Everybody was canceling. And well, you know what? Look, Netflix. Netflix really? Is in there now, you know what? No, nobody watches Netflix anymore. Uh, you know, they look, they did say, you know, Netflix. I just want to jump in real, there real quick. Netflix mm-hmm. uh, is notorious for not talking uh, numbers and viewership or things like that. Uh, but they mm-hmm. they did say that they did suffer like a little bit of a hit from that. They did say that, but like it's already things in our in our news cycle move so fast that that's long since fucking forgotten. Like I'm sure there's some fucking people out there that are like I ain't going back to Netflix, but like it's fucking forgotten. Was, you know what I mean? It, like, it was forgotten. It was all the rage for three fucking days, and now it's it gone. Yeah, exactly. You yeah, know what I mean? And the thing is, Netflix can come out and say that all they want. They're probably saving face 
just by you know trying to, to to make those people that did decide that they were going to leave. It probably kind of, it's kind of like when your parent tells you like you know like yeah what you did had an effect when it actually didn't have any kind of effect whatsoever. If anything, their fucking viewership probably went up from people fucking getting the damn thing just to watch the show to see what all the bullshit was about. <laughs> But I, do, I never, you know, I'm not gonna say I never liked Marilyn Manson. It's not my music. Uh, I have seen him. So I'm back uh, opening for uh, Nine Inch Nails back in like '95 at the Garden. Supposedly it's the show that you know he whipped out his dick and like pissed on somebody in the crowd or some stuff. I don't know. We were so far <laughs> fucking up in the nosebleeds you couldn't tell anything anyway. Um, but you know, it was, uh, I guess it was what it was. It was it was it was a fun show. And Nine Inch Nails was great. You know, he was supposed to. Do that one, uh, that Rock Allegiance that we went to, he was supposed to split, I guess, with Zombie as the headlining act, and uh, he had to cancel. That was when the fucking, I don't know, whatever. He, like, grabbed, like, a stage piece or some shit while he was, like, doing a, a performance somewhere, and it was, like, I don't know. You just literally saw the guy, like, throw his hands up and be like, ah! And then, like, you know, the next thing you know, they were reporting that he had, like, a broken arm and couldn't fucking perform. It was, like... Right, really? Real hardcore, man. Real hardcore. That's, that's what that was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ah. Come on, guy. I've been a fan <laughs> of him. Like, he's got like, a couple songs that I like, but overall, I just I don't know. I've always thought he was like a diva. Like every time I've seen him in interviews and stuff like that, he just seems like he's too cool for school. Look at how weird I can look and hail Satan and all this stuff. I was like, we don't want you, man. We don't want you on our nose for me. If you're going to be this Here's a hot topic, God, before it was cool. <laughs> don't, listen. don't knock hot topic, man. I get some great T-shirts there. Okay, well, I'm not knocking Hot Topic. I'm just saying that there are a collection of people that walk in Hot Topic and they buy a bunch of trench coats and they're like, look at me, I'm so gone. No, no, you're not. But, well, don't forget, you got, don't forget you got to have the high-rise boots, yeah, too. You, did you, you got to have the platform. Did you your first one there? No, I, did, I didn't. I've never had a trench coat. I was never that cool. I couldn't pull off that look anyway. Monkey can. Yeah, my first can do it. <laughs> What my first trench coat was a uh, military issue that I t- died in the bathtub, and yeah, King knows that story. <laughs> Got my ass beat for doing that. <laughs> I don't know. First thing I think of is uh, I think of two things actually. One, there was that dude that lived in Manalapan. Dave, you might have even known him. He was always walking around, like he always walked places. He lived in like I, he was always walking on like Union Hill Road. But I think he was in your grade or the grade above. Long, longish hair, black trench coat all the time. But he was like one of the friendliest fucking mm. dudes you'd ever meet. Um, if it's, mm. uh, uh, fucking my, my ex knew him, I think. Uh, uh, and then the other person, I, uh, the other person I think of is JP. Yeah, yeah. Huh? I, I think I know who does him. I think I might have actually been friends with him in middle school. But <laughs> when he was way too old. Nah, he would have yeah. been, yeah, he would have been much older than you, man. What, but then was again, it Jimmy? He's hanging with my ex. So it's a possibility. No, I don't think. Was his name Jimmy? I don't think so. I don't know. I forget. Mark, maybe? Mark? I don't Mike? know, man. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay. Mark, Mark on. Sounds right. <laughs> yeah. Trench coat, man. Moving on. 
Get trench coat mine. <laughs> so what else is up in the news, man? We do horror. Tell you show, what's up we? in the news. Well, it's 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 funny that you say that because right now I want to talk about one of the all-time uh, oh, horror movie series because it seems that once again, believe it or not, all-time horror John movie Cunningham is back in the courtroom with lawsuits against Paramount and Warner Brothers over what he claims okay. are royalties not paid, uh, you know, <laughs> profit filings and payments not delivered to him as per terms of agreements that have been made. Now, we've talked at length about the lawsuit between him and Victor Miller that apparently is still going on. Uh, uh. What I learned, <laughs> What I learned about this story... Uh after I posted it to our group chat, was that uh, this this lawsuit is related strictly to the 2009 Friday the 13th remake. That is the, the only film uh, that is involved right, in this particular movie. lawsuit. Uh, yeah, uh, Cunningham uh, says that there were certain royalties that by contract were supposed to be paid to him that he did not receive, and that is the purpose of this lawsuit. It has nothing else to do with anything other than but the 2009 film. Where's his motherfucking movie money? <laughs> yeah, fuck you, pay me. Where's his motherfucking movie check? <laughs> and I guess uh, while also in the world of Friday the 13th, and uh, this might be of interest to the collectors out there, but uh, after the massive Friday the 13th definitive box set, um, you know, I didn't know, I, I didn't actually think too much about this at all, about whether or not uh, more editions of things were going to keep coming down the chute. But apparently there is going to be a new <laughs> special edition Steelbook Blu-ray Oops, for shoot. Friday the 13th Part 2 to celebrate <laughs> to celebrate its 40th anniversary. Oops, so if you're a collector of such things, there's going to be a Friday the 13th Part 2 Steelbook <clears throat> to celebrate 40th oh, anniversary. Oh, sweet. So you, so you mean after we all paid a hundred? <laughs> $160 fucking dollars for the box set. They're going to put out a special edition of the fucking one movie that's in the box set that we got. Ex- exactly. Yeah, okay. I did not. Set, I ain't getting that steel book. No, fuck no. And I don't, I don't like, like that, that buy that box set three was a special purchase. Cause I don't fucking buy DVDs anymore. But, uh, same here. I did not I do any movie, reading. I own the about... box set of the original eight. And I own all of the fucking movies on digital, and I own the fucking Blu-ray box set now as well. So I now have this. Awesome. I have these films yeah. in multiple fucking iterations at this point. So yeah, their fucking part two movie, Steelbook, can suck my dick. Yeah, anyway, and so you know, on that note, I also did. I did not read up on any of the, uh, you know, the special features. I don't know if they have anything new or anything different as far as the features that are included in the box set version. I just know that there's going to be a steel book. I know that's like a special case or something, uh, you know, but yeah, uh, I don't know uh, how much there yeah. is in additional content. Uh, what proof? King, I know, uh, <laughs> King, I know you collect DVDs. I just wanted to ask, so what is the whole thing about a steel book? Cause I keep seeing limited just a steel book shit pop up all the time. Like it, when I'm on the hard groups and stuff like that. Yeah. I have a couple of steel books. It's just that it's a special case. That's all. It's not like a plastic case that you would get for a Blu-ray or DVD. It's just a hard shell case. So special that, artwork. That's but it? It's just dirty. Yeah, that's all it is. You know, it's just cool art on a steel book cover. I have a bunch of them in my collection. I love steel books. So I, I know. Get that's all. <laughs> okay. 
two copies of part two in my collection right now. <laughs> I'll have a third. <laughs> get in the box. <laughs> okay, uh, sorry to interrupt, Dean. Please continue. I didn't feel that I was interrupted. I feel that was a valid part of the discussion that we were having. But thank you for your apologies. Uh, it has been uh, an, an announced. It's a, it's a rumor. has not been confirmed. Uh, but the title for the upcoming fourth Matrix film, uh, you know, the, the strong rumored title is out there now. And um, it's going to be called Matrix, possibly going to be called Matrix Resurrections. Matrix big erections. <laughs> yes, uh, and uh, well, I did changed, also read. After they're changed, we know that they don't have those anymore. This is true. <laughs> so Matrix Resurrections, and apparently, uh, apparently they've reached out to Busta Rhymes to to join the cast for Matrix Resurrections. Oh no! Oh right. no! Oh, <laughs> That's a oh, joke. Thank God. Come on, Al. Come on, Al. You really scared. You really scared me for a minute, there, man. Yeah. You motherfucker! You. Happy Halloween, motherfucker. <laughs> you uh, motherfucker. He, he, no, he, no, he would just be like, "Whoa, motherfucker!" <laughs> hmm. Oh, karate too, somebody, somebody's getting chased. <laughs> yeah, inside my apartment. I can't help that. I went next to a hospital. Are they going to visit you again tonight? Find about some dreadlock boy named Leroy? Who might might not be in your apartment? I don't have a CS5 officer. No, that's right, you don't. (laughs) Yeah, you let motherfuckers uh, in your house. Way too easy, man. Say right now, they come knocking (laughs) on my door, man. They they ain't coming in my house without a warrant, so. Yeah, but the king was half in the bag at the time. He was just looking for a drinking buddy oh. in the middle of the night. <laughs> I'm like, oh. come on in. Want a beer? <laughs> yeah, I just, it was really fucking fucked up then. <laughs> yeah. I was like, sure, whatever you want, officer. Hey, check out the bar collection. You guys want to watch the movie? I was just watching it. We can shoot up. I still remember that one time the cops came by your apartment. One of them looked around. I was like, Man, you got a lot of horror shit in your apartment. It's like, yeah. And they're like, I think we need to go now. <laughs> Dude, yeah, you know we're, gonna, we're gonna be watching a documentary on the ID channel, okay? And it's gonna be one of those where the cops are on there and they're talking about potential suspects and shit. And they're gonna be like, yeah, well, we went into this one kid, Albert, you know, since they want to disguise what the person's real name is. And this guy was a real horror fanatic. The kind of guy that collects all these movies and weird toys and shit like that. And I thought, man, we got our guy. But then he just invited us to drink a beer and told us the name of his fucking apartment. And we were like, we're out of here, weirdo. <laughs> and they gave him a name. And they gave us a car going, hey, listen to my podcast. <laughs> Do you guys like fucking terror? <laughs> and, then the like and then on the episode, they would change the name of it to something else other than talking terror so that we could even get the fucking bumper ratings. Hosting <laughs> horror. You like the podcast. <laughs> what did you say? Hawking <laughs> horror? <laughs> horror. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 
I would be in the conversation. The cops are looking at all the pentagrams. I man, isn't one enough? One's never enough, officer. You can never have too many of those. Hail Satan. How many cro- <laughs> what? How many crosses do you have in your house, asshole? <laughs> I got an upside down yeah. one. Does that count? No, I was talking about you saying that to the officers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you upside down crucifix. So, okay, no. This isn't the end of the house, by any means. And that's just ketchup in the sink, officer. It's not the one. I swear. <laughs> I'm just fucking drunk, that's all. Serious. Just a little bit. <laughs> all right, but moving on, Dima. Back in 1994, author Christopher Pike published a book titled The Midnight Club, uh, in oh, which a group of shit. young men and women uh, who were at the Rotterdam home, a hospice where teenagers with terminal illnesses went to die, uh, would share scary stories at midnight. That was back in 1994. Uh, Mike Flanagan is directing a 10-episode series for Netflix called The Midnight Club, based on the Christopher Pike book and other works of Christopher Pike, uh, the same team that brought uh, The Haunting of Bly Manor uh, to Netflix is behind this, and they had some casting announcements uh, with such people that I've never heard of, such as Adia, Igby, Rigney, Ruth Codd, and others, but the big casting note that I wanted to share was none other than Heather Langenkamp has signed on to play the doctor who presides over the Rotterdam home. So uh, the Midnight Club coming uh, hopefully later this year uh, to Netflix. Interesting. 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 Totally weird fucking kismet shit going on right now. I'm going to just tell you, I'm sorry, monkey. This one doesn't fucking have the ability to hold back. So you're bringing up this guy, Christopher Pike, right? I just ordered... Literally, two books. One was a book called Witch World, which was just from a couple mm-hmm. of years ago, written by Christopher Pike. And okay. the other is actually that same author's first adult novel, a book called Sati, um, which after getting Witch World, like I said, like it's just weird, like out of nowhere that you're bringing this up, because I've never heard of the guy prior. I had heard you know, of the Witch World story from a friend of mine. And as such, then I followed up with the Sati novel and it was like, okay, that sounds interesting too. So I'm going to check that out. So that's all. Sorry. I know. Okay. I got excited. There you interesting. Go. Sort of. interesting theory. Anyway, monkey. Awesome. No, we're cool, man. We're moving on, Dean. Uh, you didn't have a comment on the Midnight Club, monkey? I thought, I thought the ghoul had cut you off. No, no, we're cool. Oh, all right then. What about uh, the Midnight Club? Do you love also, the Midnight Club? Do you like the Midnight Club, Monkey? Did you like the Midnight Club? I was just thinking how it's kind of weird that she's now going to be the head nurse in charge of the, a new set of Dream Warriors. That's all I was going to say. Oh. All right then. Don't go, don't well, go there to you sleep have it. no more. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you do. <laughs> um in the world of books, in addition to Midnight Club Book becoming a limited series, there is going to be this summer, August 3rd, a new Stephen King novel. Uh, this one is going to be called Billy Summers, and it's, according to Stephen King, going to be part war story, part love letter to small-town America and the people who live there. Uh, apparently, in this 
book that Stephen King is going to present to the world. The character of uh, Billy Summers is a killer for hire, uh, but uh, he only takes jobs uh, where the target is someone that is truly, truly bad. And now Billy Summers uh, wants <laughs> out of the profession. He wants out of the profession, and um, you know that never goes according to plan. So that's the brief synopsis <laughs> like, that I saw. Like it, like a fucking true lies. Did you ever kill anyone? Yes, but they were all bad. <laughs> Is it all of his books about small town Americana? Yes, yeah, yeah, thank you. Many of them. Too, many of them. <laughs> It's not territory. <laughs> yes, most of them are in a tiny, imag- tiny imaginary town in Maine, correct? <laughs> yeah, and he describes them like for 20 pages about one gas station. <laughs> <laughs> the, the stand goes everywhere, though, man. We've been watching that again. So. Yeah, true. And so does the Dark Tower. He's got plenty of books that, that get out of that area. Yeah. Yes. So anyway, that was not me. <laughs> that was me. I'm not hiding it. Uh, so, uh, really, really quick. I know some of you people are very excited about the the Snyder cut what do you mean by coming you up. People and uh, no, no, you people. No. <laughs> it's been officially officially do rated not R with those people. <laughs> the Snyder cut of 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 that. Uh, Justice League is going to be officially rated R. So if you were looking forward to that, if that's something you even care about, uh, there's that. And then I know some of you are very excited about the upcoming Nicholas Cage film, Willy's Wonderland. Hell yeah. Uh, (laughs) If you were not aware, uh, you could have an exact replica of the t-shirt that Nicolas Cage is wearing in all of the imagery Come and on. trailer, the Willy's Wonderland uh, t-shirt, that uh, there's an official Willy's Wonderland merch shop uh, website where you can get your own t-shirt for just $30. Uh, so if you want a Willy's Wonderland t-shirt, head on over to the Willy's Wonderland website merch, uh, merch table. All right, His name so, is Preston, so and he wears t-shirts <laughs> sometimes. So, Dean, have you watched the trailer? Uh, you know, I put on the trailer. The answer, the answer is yes. But um, I had remembered that I wanted to watch the trailer the other night, and I put it on uh, in my last grasps of being awake. So I did see it, but immediately fell asleep. So my memory is very faded about it. So I will be, I will be checking it out again. But I did see it. It looks fun. <laughs> the kind of thing that only Nicholas Cage these days can, can star in. <laughs> it looks so fucking fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I know the I know the king has you know the king's madness going on over there with this big huge erection about this movie. I know he can't wait. <laughs> Resurrection. <laughs> those shirts. So I'm definitely thinking about buying one of those Willy Wonderland shirts just to have. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, that's yeah. what Frank Rags is taking all the rest of your T-shirt money. <laughs> God damn, are they ever? Because I got, you know, I got a hundred dollars gift card Because they're putting out a Romero shirt tomorrow for his birthday, and I'm like, fuck, we gotta buy that one. I'm like, God damn it, get a card almost already spent. Frank Rags is too good to me. Hmm. But it's only a pre-order, so I have no idea when I'm gonna get this fucking shirt. 
Something. Hopefully. All right. Well, then it becomes then it becomes a surprise. Well, that's what happened when I ordered drums online. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's, that's what that he surprises himself with Amazon. <laughs> yeah, I that's how the king ends up with. <laughs> yeah, drunk, late night drunken shopping is how the king ends up with fucking Gia pets every five minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what the, that's what the truth is going to be. We're going to find out that the king ordered the majority of his own damn Gia pets. Yeah. I just somebody to see and I'm like, oh, it was me? Oh, man. What the fuck is wrong with this? Yeah, you better yeah, check your order list on that, Amazon. That, that's why the king won't let me look at his checking account, is because he keeps seeing all these Amazon things for Chia Pets. Chia Pets showing up in the gym. No, I mean, I, the Chia. I, Chia, the month club. I've ordered so many things when drunk. Like, I have a Hail Yourself baseball cap that I bought when I was drunk. I bought a case of water when I was drunk. I bought a couple of books when of I was water. hammered. Did you have a fucking uh, safe? Yeah, the case of water. Why did you go to the fucking store? Yeah. It's called Liquid Death, and it comes in cans, and it's really fucking metal, and I like it. So I can't get it in the store. Uh, because it's typically got, you got metal water. You got metal yeah, water. Yeah, it's fucking metal water. So I bought a case of it, and I didn't remember, and it showed up, and I was like, oh, yeah. Totally did that. Were they at least recyclable cans? Yeah, that's the whole stick is that they're can- callboy cans and they're recyclable and death to plastic and murder oh, thirst and all that. Yeah, they're tall boys. <laughs> the dolls. <laughs> Sorry, dolls. Dolls. It's always nice on the yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I didn't I didn't know this. Uh but being that it is just about time where the uh Clarice series is going to be uh debuting, I just Hello, learned Clarice. and I was not aware of this that uh going back to the original Silence of the Lambs film, uh that the first uh Jonathan Demme's first choice uh to play Clarice Starling was Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh that was who he wanted uh for the role. And she was oh. just about to sign on the line, and uh, she man. ended up turning down the the role because ultimately uh, she had some reservations about the content, uh, but more specifically the fact that in her viewpoint, being that Hannibal Lecter gets away in the end, uh, she had trouble with the concept of, quote, uh, evil winning. End quote. So he decided to turn down uh, the hey, film, Darth Vader. and he, you know, she said that she regrets that she didn't get another chance to work with uh, Jonathan Demi because she had worked with him prior. Uh, you know, so she she doesn't necessarily regret turning down the role, but she regrets not getting another chance to work with Jonathan Demi. So uh, Michelle Pfeiffer was the first choice for Clarice Starling for Silence of the Lambs. I thought that was interesting, so I'm sharing it. Yeah, Jody that's Fox. cool, man. Because I never knew that that movie blew blew up Jodie Foster. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, movie. Uh, next, uh, moving well, on. Well, I uh, mean, you know, come on. You're talking about the same actress from the accused, Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. It was a big step for her career at that age. Yeah. But she's yeah, been known saying, for man. you know for a lot of shit, man. Well, yeah, I mean, look, she, her her career her career started started very young. Um, mm-hmm. Parent trap, you know. <laughs> yeah, a uh, uh, taxi driver. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So she, um, you know, she, she's been around a very long time, but, but yes, the uh, Silence of the Lambs uh, did go to like another level. The Accused, which I can't remember for certain, uh, that, that's a fair, that's a fucked up movie. But she, mm-hmm. uh, she might have been, she might have been nominated for a best supporting actress award. Maybe she won. There, there, I think there was some Academy Award. No, I would have to go and research. But I think that she was. Um, I think there was some Academy Award nominations around that film. But that's one heavy duty fucking movie for sure. Um, but yeah, Silence of the Lambs obviously went to the the next level. And then it's like she works a ton. And it's like she has, does all these movies, and then one comes along that's like a big one, and then she's in like a bunch of stuff, and then another one comes along, and there's like a big one. Uh, she's a very, very interesting uh, and varied filmographer. So. Yeah, she um, won for best actress for the accused. Okay, so for best actress, not supporting. Okay. Yeah, not right. supporting. Yeah. All right, so there, there you have it. So, and what a performance from her in that movie, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, so, that fucked up movie. One of those fucked up yeah, content yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. It's, it's like fucking hard. It's like hard to watch. You know, I, mm-hmm. I've seen it several times. It's it's hard to watch. Um, Neil Marshall, and we talked about uh, recently on this very program about how uh, there's been some rumblings about Dog Soldiers too. Well, uh, Neil Marshall has re-entered the realm of horror and has an upcoming new movie called The Reckoning that returns to horror, and he was being interviewed on the Boo Crew podcast. And, uh, you know, those hosts, of course, asked about some of his older uh, films, such as Dog Soldiers and such as The Descent. And this is what Neil Marshall had to say. He said that uh, a lot of stuff involving rights with Dog Soldiers has been ironed out. And right now, uh, it's semi-likely that uh, there will be a Dog Soldiers Two, he says that he always viewed the story of Dog Soldiers as a trilogy. Uh, he doesn't want to get ahead of himself thinking trilogy right now, uh, but that now that the rights are ironed out, uh, you know, Dog Soldiers 2 uh, could be uh, becoming a reality. Uh, when talking about the descent, though, he said that he always viewed that as, as a standalone film, a one and done and he said, based on the success that it had, that they went ahead and just went a, made a sequel without him anyway. Uh, and he said that he cannot imagine uh, a situation where he returns to anything involving the, the world of the Descendants. But uh, I, would, I, for one, would be, I think, pretty excited about a return to the world of Dog Soldiers. I really, really love that one. Oh, yeah, man. That movie's great. Yeah, that's definitely a good one. And... Uh, then we have some things real quick that I want to bring up involving John Carpenter. Uh, and as uh, I have said, uh, that we're going to keep hearing all kinds of little tidbits throughout the year as the time draws near. But John Carpenter has called Halloween, the upcoming Halloween Kills, he has called it the, quote, ultimate slasher, end quote. Man, he got paid for that, David. paycheck. <laughs> <laughs> While John Carpenter, the the second item is that while John Carpenter has said that he has been perfectly content and happy making music, he is really starting to contemplate a return to directing film. 
Yeah, because we know we uh, it's weird that you said it because I think it was last week the King put a link up about the new album that John Carpenter put out. And, yeah, I, I listened to uh, some of the tracks that were on there, and it just sounds so fucking John Carpenter. It's just no, right yeah. up there in his little niche, you know, synthesizer keyboard all over the place. And, yeah, it's just some really cool fucking sounding shit, man. Yeah, Lost Themes are great that he did. You know, the third one coming out soon. But, yeah, if you guys haven't listened to Lost Themes and you like John Carpenter, it's perfect. It's great just chilling out music. But, yeah, as far as him directing, again, sure, good. He's just not going to make the ultimate slasher because that goes to Halloween Kill. Obviously. I mean, just, no, this movie is going to compare. Until, until he because, makes the next one. <laughs> yeah, it's his other Halloween movie. Halloween begins again. Halloween <laughs> drills. That's what I meant. Halloween drills, my new movie. No. Yeah. It's not Halloween. My new movie, movie Halloween. 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 Halloween in it. Now with the Halloween. <laughs> He's going to have all CGI women. Ah, jeez. Oh, the King of Horror would love an all CGI Loomis. I would. You know, I, I, you know, don't get me wrong. I would love it, but no, it's just not going to happen. No, not at this point. But yeah, I mean, that's clearly a paycheck quote. But like Stephen King, when he's like, dude, it part two, you're not going to fucking believe what happens. Man, it's going to scare the shit out of you. Like, okay, here's a check, Mr. King. Thank you. Write another book. Thank you. Off to the bank I go. Into the Kingmobile. <laughs> there he goes. Cash and check. Surprise. People, people like to get paid. He's ready. <laughs> I don't blame him. I would do I would probably show out my name if I was like Stephen King. I'd be calling him really great. You're getting in how much? Okay, yeah. This is the greatest movie since my this Halloween This is fucking movie. great. <laughs> <laughs> All this money. That's the best. This one, too. This one's great, too. <laughs> love it. I love them all. <laughs> What's next? Uh, the final thing that I would like too. to bring up, and <laughs> if the King of Horror, if the King of Horror has not yet heard uh, this news, uh, this one is one I think that would be of most interest to him. Uh, okay. Tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow evening. Oh. And I believe, I didn't see any cost associated with it. I think it might be free. Uh, tomorrow evening will be the debut streaming feature uh, that was put together by uh, Pitt Film uh, Studies students uh, from the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, they have created a new documentary uh, that's called George Romero and Pittsburgh, The Early Years, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern Time. And this was... Uh, authorized by the estate, and it features interviews with producer Gary Steiner, as well as Suzanne Romero, George Romero's widow, amongst others. Uh, so a documentary on the early times of George Romero. If uh, I don't know if anyone has heard about this, but I saw it for the first time today. King, I'm registered. You have some information about this. Yes, I'm actually registered for that tomorrow night. Via the University of Pittsburgh, so it's at seven o'clock tomorrow night. About two hours long. Uh, the lost, uh, the, the early years, I should say, of George Romero, 
because uh, it's his birthday tomorrow. That's what they're doing. And even though he's not with us anymore, he would have been 81 this year. But then on the 9th, they're doing another one, uh, George Romero, The Lost Films, which is going to cover the original scripts for Martin, Day of the Dead, uh, Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead, uh, Creep Show, what he wanted to do with some Creep Show that he didn't do in the original film. So it's going to be all the lost George Romero stuff. And that's going to be on the 9th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And via the uniform, we get free to attend. Just have to register. Before we get to now, the ninth, we still have the fourth. And one thing I don't—I uh, didn't say this when I was sharing the story. And the King, I was—I was wondering if you're going to mention it too. But upon the completion of the documentary, uh, there is also going to be a panel discussion uh, led by mm-hmm. Lori Cardill of Day of the Dead. Correct. Yeah, Q&A session. A little bit of a panel. It's going to be a Zoom-style meeting, so anybody that's registered can you know join in by, via Zoom. And then, you know, if you have questions, you could be asking them and getting them at I'm just there to watch. I'm there to, you know, well, you want to do is on a Zoom, 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 a Zoom, Zoom. Shake your room. Sorry. <laughs> now, see, King, okay, you say all you're going to do is sit there and watch. Okay. But yeah. how hard is it going to be for you to keep, to keep your fucking mouth? <laughs> How hard is it going to be for you to actually keep your mouth shut if you start hearing mistakes that are made in this thing? Oh, I don't think there's going to be much mistakes, if any. I mean, Gary Striner is a reliable source. Warrior Cardell is a reliable source. You know, his brother Gary and Johnny, you know, both reliable sources. So I don't think there's going to be a lot of misinformation being handed out. I mean, I might join in if some guy asks a question or something like that. I'm like, that's wrong. Rephrase that question. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when you, when you get the fanboys that are like thing is they're asking people. completely wrong yes <laughs> y'all just be trolling Did people giving because <laughs> I've I'm seen you go snob before with strangers man it's fun to get shit <laughs> oh with the noobs I think they know all about horror then I have to take to school yeah I've done that it's a lot of fun <laughs> But they leave feeling educated, which is the most important thing. They get a new knowledge of something they didn't know about. It was so an educational process. It, it, it wasn't a process of just getting your fucking ass pwned. No, <laughs> it was education from the king. He's sharing his horror, knowledge of horror with you. And you for asking such stupid fucking questions. And he's going, dude, what's wrong with you? <laughs> well, I saw it during the dream. You should, you should, feel, panel. You should feel on guy. You just got phoned by the king. Yeah, no. It happened during the Dream Warriors panel. Right. Correct somebody. I was like, well, that's not right. <laughs> that was so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> just had my arms folded the entire time. Jennifer Rubin looked over at me. She's like, he's right. I didn't know it. I'm right. I know this fucking geek. Seen it a few times. Yeah. Jennifer Rubin going, Andy knows. It's like, who the fuck is this Andy guy? <laughs> <laughs> Will just pointing at me, going, that guy, that guy. Thank you. <laughs> well, you all go home to your wives. I'm going to go home to my heart collection. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, enjoy I'm that. I'm hard. <laughs> Drop the mic. <laughs> enjoy the sex while I enjoy my horror movies, fucking nerd. <laughs> King of horror away. <laughs> All right. 
is that it, uh, Dean, or do you have something else? Uh, I mean, that's it as far as stories. I did just want to ask if uh, anybody had a chance to check out that uh, theater slash HBO Max, The Little Things with Denzel and uh, Rami Malek and um, I have not seen and uh, Jared Leto. I have, but I won't spoil it. You guys have. Oh, that, yeah, no, I, I watched it too. So yeah, we can talk about that another time. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so moving on, uh, tonight's feature, which is Girls of Boston, directed by Alfonso from 2018. This is the Dean Six. So I'm going to give him the floor. Little synopsis, his thoughts, and then we're going to kick this thing off. So here we have Girls with Balls, 2018 French film, me bringing us to France once again, uh, directed by Olivier Alfonso, uh, written by Olivier Alfonso and Jean-Luc Conou, and was distributed in the United States by Netflix. And we have the Falcons, uh, a championship girls volleyball team, uh, who, uh, in the in the in the vein of Wrong Turn and other such films, uh, ends up taking a detour uh, down some remote road uh, where things all go wrong. Uh, some say that this is the take on the classic story. The most dangerous game, uh, but then uh, carnage and chaos uh, reigns as the Falcons try to survive the hunt. So there you have the the loose description of girls with balls. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what did you right, so What did you What did you think of it, Ghoul? <laughs> Le oh, 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 here we go again. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, you know what, man? Listen, you announced this movie last week, and it was like, oh, boy, here we go. And then you said it was French, and it was like, oh, fuck, man, really? Here we go again. <laughs> um, yes, and pretty much that's, that's what we all said. We were like, oh, 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 it is a French movie again. What is wrong with you in France? Um... So I didn't, you know, as as to the usual, I don't look anything up. I don't really read anything as far as synopsis go, but I kind of felt like this one, you know, pretty much tells you what the fuck it is right in the title. Girls with balls. And they're volleyball players. Um, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I love this movie. It was fun. It was fresh. It was hysterical. Thank you. You know, it's kind of, it's like wrong turn. It's like all of these fucking, these silly films that we watch of of, of various qualities and whatnot. You know, this could be wrong turn seven, you know, at this point, you know, and it's just, you know, the the girls are a little bit more badass. I enjoyed the gore scenes when they happened because they were full of fucking splat and fun. And, uh, and the chicks were fucking, they were great, man. They were a lot of fun. And Morgan, Morgan, whatever her name is, (laughs) so fucking hot, man. Holy shit. Manon Azem is her name, man, and damn, you know? Yes. Of course, the girl's like, (laughs) you know, the cool girl goes, she kind of looks like a dude. 
And like I could, I could see like the squareness and the jaw and all that shit, you know. But then of course you follow that up with, well, you know, when you find the Adam's apple and the giant cock, let me know, you know. And I'm just like, oh man, you know what? <laughs> I'll be honest. If she if she pulled out a piece, I'd probably still hook up with her. <laughs> That's pretty much my oh, synopsis so- for the film. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dean. I skipped over you. What did you think of your movie that you picked? Uh. Why did you skip me? No, I don't fucking care. Um, I oh. thought uh, that that girls with balls uh, was was just that. This was just some silly fun uh, with some fun splatter. Uh, it's nothing groundbreaking that set the world on fire, but like sometimes in our viewing, we need something that is a little bit on the lighter side. And uh, you know, I found I found the the performances of the the hunters to be just absurdist and and fun. And obviously the different personalities on the Falcons, and I thought the coach was hilarious, um, and yeah. I just I, I just had a good time. Like I was just like, this is fun, this is light, this is just kind of kind of what I needed in, in the moment of watching that film. All right, cool. I'm glad it did that for you because <laughs> for me it was fucking painful as shit. <laughs> this movie, uh, like seriously, it's like this movie was yeah, like, like I said, th- this was. For me, it was like a French Monty Python group decided that they were going to sit there and take some really great classic horror stories. Race with the Devil, The Hills Have Eyes, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hostel, and Wrong Turn. And take all of these things and turn it into a jumbled up, fucked up mess. It's like this thing, oh my god. It's like, you know, director Oliver Alfonso, it's like, even though he was known for special effects in Raw, that he was, it was real fucking clear that that's the only thing he fucking gave a shit about in this movie, and the only thing he was fucking spending any money on in this movie was the special effects, because compared to all of the acting and all of the cheesy shit that was going on all throughout the movie, that was the only thing that was fucking perfect, was the special effects, and it makes like I don't know if he was doing this intentionally, but it makes the effects pop even more. Is because again, when you have a, a movie where everything else is so bad, and then you have these perfect, perfect slow motion effects going on, and these, you know, it's just these intense scenes of just gore going on. It just makes it pop even more. And I don't know if that was his intent or not, but it it. To me, though, unfortunately, flawed the movie more because when you have a flawed movie where it's just so over the top and like on the verge of trauma, and then you have these effects, the effects are just too perfect. It's like watching, excuse me, episode one of Star Wars where the special effects were just too fucking good and too clean for the movie that was being presented. And like, I I think they should have found a balance of more watch like right the right that I did, man. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm talking about like all the special effects where they were all super clean, super crisp, and they forgot to dirty it down and add some speed effects to it. You know, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but it's like I think they should have found a decent balance of giving us enjoyable characters to watch with stable effects throughout it just to give us an even film to watch. All right, King, 
What did you think of this movie? Um, back when it, it first premiered on Netflix, I caught it uh, just because it, I was like, okay, Girls with Balls, that's a fun title. It's a horror comedy in France, you know, but I'll, I'll check it out. Um, and I forgot about it. Like, I just, you know, it was one of those things where I just didn't really think about it after I watched it. So reviewing it again for the show, I kind of found myself in the same place where I enjoyed it because it's a movie where they, they know where they are in this movie. You know, they, they are making homages to everything that we talked about, but also I think with a really heavy dose of Herschel Gordon-Lewis thrown in for good measure, especially 2000 Maniacs is a, a great reference for me, with, especially with this town and everything they're going through. <laughs> the cowboy. The <laughs> town will rise again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you popped up. I was like, this is just Olivier uh, uh, Alfonso in love with Herschel Gordon-Lewis and kind of throwing in that there too. Just the absurdity of everything that happens, including the gore, which, yeah, is on par. I love the gore. You know, but it's it's the characters too, with with Danny and Lise and Emma, Hazuki. I mean, you got so many characters: Tatiana, Jean, Morgan, Coach. But they all kind of work in their own individual ways. Uh, you know, when when things get down with the action of them having their car breaking down and then going to the hostel where they meet the barman. Um, you know, I just, I like the individual characters. They all weren't just paper cutouts. Like they all had their own little things to do. And the ones that you don't really think you're going to care about get killed off pretty quickly. So, I mean, it, it works in that sense. It's just to watch this movie and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have to know what you're getting into with this movie. And I think that's how you're going to do it. If you just know that it's going to be stupid and it's going to be over the top and making homages over the place, I think you're going to enjoy it. Yes. And you being the king of horror, I'm sure on your second view round, again, like you said, enjoyed this movie more just because you know way more horror movies than we do. So you're probably catching a lot of references that they were possibly as writers smartly, smartly putting that, you know, putting into the film for true hardcore horror fans that just people like me that are just, you know, (laughs) compared to the rest of you guys not as big of a horror fan, you know, you probably caught, you know, way more than the rest of us probably did. Yeah, and this summer I was actually marking it off my notes, like where the references are coming in at. Like when you find out about the cannibalism, I'm like, okay, that's Motel Hell. That's a great reference to that. Um, when they're at the hospital and they're leaving, the, they're that could painting over the back of the That could also be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> that could be so, there's so I'm many cannibal films of these types, you know what I mean? Where you have these, these, Hillbilly freak show type Hillbilly and red redneck eating people. <laughs> long turn. I mean, that's what they were doing with that yeah. too. You know what I mean? So every single one of those movies, I think, before Motel Hell, you know, Motel Hell was. I mean, again, I get the hostile end of it, so I guess that's where where you can take that from. But Motel Hell, they were literally growing them in the ground. You know, that took a completely weird fucking aspect where this they're just making fucking sausages oh, yeah. out of them. Yeah, I just I got it just because of the hostel. Like I just took it as like a little motel hell reference. I mean, it it could be anything like you had said, but especially the painting of the back of the van with the red paint. I mean, that's just a hitchhiker from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's exactly what he or does race to the with, side of the van. Or, no, or race just with the devil. Him. That's that. No, that's no, what I'm saying. The devil says they're no, but they paint the they symbol mark- on the back of the RV. That's why I was yeah, making after that they- in my notes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's in there. So it's it's a lot of different references that you're getting at once, which I did like. And see, at least you caught Race of the Devil, because that was your pick. So you would get that <laughs> reference. 
So good on you for getting that one. <laughs> yeah, the, the volleyball team sequences are great, but it's the fact that in tradition of horror films, you have these girls in the hostel with Morgan, who I agree with the ghoul, very hot in this movie, especially doing her little dance in the hostel to kind of attract the attention. <laughs> with the, the giggling guy. Yeah. With the garlic. <laughs> yeah, with the garlic. But then you also have the barman who I love because he was such a character who didn't have any lines. He just was just emoting the entire time, you know, and trying to lick, you know, Danny's face. And that leads to them, you know, slapping him. But you know that they're marked. And you know that it's just a matter of time before they get hunted down. But it's how they handle it where they're like, oh, all these guys are standing outside of our RV with bags over their heads. Well, we'll just apologize and then they'll be on their way. That's the right thing to do. Coach is <laughs> the right thing to do. Sorry. And then they'll be on their way. <laughs> you know, but we know as horror fans, it's, it's, no, this is kicking it off. You know, oh, he's got a gun. Who's scary. What are you going to do with that gun? Oh, no, Danny just lost a bunch of her hand. <laughs> Great effect. <laughs> it's off to the races yeah. from there. Where you know, running for survival. You know, surviving. You know, surviving the game, most dangerous game type of situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, I'm not. I'm not going to knock the effects for this movie because, you, you're like, seriously, man, the, the effects were awesome. When when they sit there and just blew blew off part of the hand, I was just like, oh shit! I was like, oh my god, that looks so fucking good. <laughs> it was so good. And to see the after effect when they're wrapping it, when she's like, oh, I just got grazed, and you just see a gigantic chunk taken out of the hand from the gun that shot her, um, and you think that. Danny's going to be the one that leads them all because she knows about survival. And it's one of those things I love when they do this in horror films. Okay, this is it, guys. The first thing you need to do is bam. And she gets shot and taken out of the. <laughs> Which, again, if you've seen, you know, we've seen, you know, the problem with that trope is at this point, we've seen that a thousand times now, where you have that character that they like set up as it's going to be the survivalist character, and then boom, they take him right out, you know? Uh, I always think of Samuel L. Jackson in uh, you know, the shark movie, man, that I can, can't remember the name of it. Right. Oh, Deep, uh, Deep Blue Sea. You know, when he's sitting there and he's going on and he's and he's giving that big inspirational speech and then bam, Shark <laughs> takes him out, like right in the middle of it, you know? So it's it's a trope. It's fun to see it, but you saw it coming a mile away, you know, like all of these things. And that is what I kinda liked about the film though. It doesn't hide it. It's not trying to be smart. It's throwing all of these things at you in such an obvious way that you need to look at it for all of the humor that it is. Yeah, and I like that trope more than I like the the mirror trick in in ghost movies and in slasher movies where the mirror is kind of ajar and nothing's there, but then as soon as they close it, there's a killer standing behind them. I can't stand that mm-hmm. one because to me that's a little bit too easy, and they use it way too often. So the jump scare yeah. of the hero of the movie is going to be the hero. When they get taken out, I kind of like it still. It still kind of works. There's still kind of a shock value to that one. It seems kind of earned to me in a way because they are being hunted by this gigantic group of, of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've got them fucking whooping and hollering, and you know they're having a grand <laughs> yeah. old time in there. You know, for them, no, they, all, uh, this is like they, some, they got, some, some, it's a party. They got fucking speakers wired up in the trees. You know, they're they're, they're music. playing music. Well, I'll be honest. <laughs> yeah, and it's the, the the two hunters that have the recording of the dogs. 
and they're running with a bullhorn, and they're playing that recording to scare the girls even more. And then when the one guy finds Lisa's jacket, and he starts sniffing it and smelling the ground, he just goes, oh, fantastic. Like, yeah, High I comedy. Fucking Not only that, dying. Like, yeah, I was extended, dying. extended dying. sniffing. Ex- uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's not just the <laughs> sniffing. It's like the extended sniffing the exact way that like a bloodhound would. It's like that they're playing the recording of the dogs barking, and you have this guy acting like a dog and sniffing and burying his face in the clothes and sniff, 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 and then howling. And then when they go on again, they restart the recording of the dogs barking. It's just genius. I mean, not that, really genius, but absurd genius. But no, but like the monkey said, though, that's like some Monty Python-level stuff right there, you know? But the actor, the guy doing it, too, the facial expressions, like, everything, like, he went all in for all of this, like, sniffing and everything, but yeah, I was I was fucking dying, man. Like, you know, there were a couple of moments in this movie where I'm, I'm holding my stomach fucking laughing, you know? So it's doing something right. I mean, the part that got me was when the coach is on the main road. And he's walking, and he's like, God damn, I'm such a coward. I'm such a pussy. I should, yep, I should have yep. done something. Then the, the little <laughs> chihuahua. Like, I'm like, hey, what like, if oh, I should have them? <laughs> yeah. When he says, do you want a rock? He's a rock to the dog. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you have a little rock. <laughs> you want to you taste your little rock? You Rock is yummy, isn't it? Yes, it is. He's <laughs> just going to bite him in the dick, oh. and he's just fake dog flailing around. And he's humping on the rock to get it off, and then he pulls it off and stretches it like Stretch Armstrong. He kills it. I'm not laughing. I do not like to watch the other movies, but this one is classic. This one is just too good. I have a small dog. I know, Monkey, I know you have chihuahuas, so you have small dogs. Yeah, right? I do. So you know the, you know the problem. Chihuahuas. Small fucking dogs, dude. You know, like, I, like Cosmo drives us. Well, it drives me nuts. You know, the cool girl loves him to death. That's her baby. But for me, it's like, you little motherfucker. Like, you do this, you do that. He does all the little things that small dogs do. Like, everything that, like, ever annoyed me about small dogs, my dog does. So it drives me up the wall. So, like, you know, I'm laughing as he's doing this, and yet I'm getting this, this moment of satisfaction as he's stretching that fucking thing apart, man. And I'm just like, yes! Like, all he needed to do was bite the middle of it, man, and it would have been perfect. Yeah, because I, I actually, like, this is my second chihuahua that I have right now, and I have a scar that goes across my nose where my first chihuahua, who was the diva, fucking, like, like just hanging out, like, chilling out. We're, we're fucking nuzzling. We're fucking watching the fuck, our fucking, you know, walking a, watching a fucking Jets game and shit like that. And we're, like, she's just fucking nuzzling. And then she fucking just fucking turns on me and then fucking just bites my fucking nose for some reason. And, and, like, I just had blood running down my fucking nose because she, like, I don't know why, but like you, like you said, Ghoul, fucking small dog, to do whatever the fuck they want, just like fucking cats. We're chilling out, and then she just fucking snaps and loses it, bites my fucking nose, so now I've got a fucking scar across there because, again, small dogs beats fucking small dogs. So, yeah, I had no problem with this scene at all, okay? moans. <laughs> <laughs> It's a nightmare. He won't leave him alone at all. If the cat's on the couch, he's annoyed by it, so he's got to go after them. If the cats are on the table, he's annoyed by it, so he's got to go after them. If the cat's just standing on the fucking floor in the room somewhere, he's annoyed by it, so he's got to go. You know, and it's like, oh, yeah, he's just trying to play. No, he's just being fucking annoying, and, you know, the cats beat him up. And he's such a wussy. He's such a wussy at this point that if you tap him, 
like on the side of even if you don't touch him, the cat like meows at him or like mules at him or whatever fucking noise they make. Like and it's not the hiss, it's that other sound, that growling sound. But if they like if they advance <laughs> on him just a little bit, he yelps like he got beat up. Okay, like he does that whole thing. If something falls next to him, he yelps like he just got it. <laughs> you know, we've got this we got this little pincher claw thing to help like pick shit up off the floor every now and again, you know what I mean? Yeah. So the one time he's in the kitchen, I touched his butt with it and you would have thought the dog got broken in half the way he went crying and screaming. Yeah, but okay, but King, you are like the dog guy. Like even though you don't fucking own a dog. It's like I don't think you actually like dogs, like 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 dogs. But every time a dog dies in a movie, you fucking lose your shit. So I want your response to this scene, man. I said it. It was hilarious. I just because the face of the dog looks so fake. It just looks like a little puppet. So when he starts stretching, and I was like, oh my god, they're really doing this. He's really stretching this dog. And yeah, if he had just taken a bite out of the middle, it would have been like this the cherry on the Sunday. That's amazing. He just comes in and he's got the dog's head on a necklace. I was like, that's his show and he earned it. <laughs> and this is how you know this is definitely a foreign movie because this kind of shit would definitely not happen in an American film. <laughs> no. No, there would be a lot of issues. You know, that happens in an American film. <laughs> wow. But we I don't know about that. I mean, come on. I mean, we've got Point Break. He punted a dog in that one. He did, but we have to <laughs> assume that the dog wasn't seriously injured. It's true. <laughs> and he also getting swamped in this movie too, which I thought was hilarious. Yeah, it's just an assumption. When looked like a big, strong dog, you know. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, yeah, we he had the like girls pull or something. The lady like threw Excuse the pimple at him, and he like caught it and punted it like it was nothing. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't the lady. Swayze, Swayze threw the pitbull. Uh, Swayze was waiting with it and threw oh, it at him. Right. It was Swayze it was uh, it was uh, a yeah, yes, You're right. I'm sorry. There was yeah, a lady was that like loading. attacked him with a vacuum cleaner. The lady hit him with the vacuum. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for the correction. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome for the for, for it. We have the girls split up now, you know, trying to find them. So we have Emma, Hazuki, and Morgan. Uh, they encounter a hunter, and Morgan should have come in and said, scared and doesn't, so leaves Emma to grab a gun and blow the hunter away. And that's where Hazuki's like, you know, I fuck you. We don't care. You know, you could have helped and you didn't. So it kind of leaves tensions between them. But she has a redemption in a ways. Because another hilarious scene that I couldn't stop laughing at, I actually had to pause it, was when oh, they're at the lake and the hunter <laughs> is trying to attack Suzuki and he gets his head cut off by Morgan by the machete. And then we proceed to see the body just walking around for the rest of the movie. This blood spurting. <laughs> yeah. Just showing up random. <laughs> like, yeah. D- d- yeah. For, for the rest we of the movie. A, we had a golden just... shower scene in here, too. Yes, yeah. we did. After, after yes, we did. Sleeping with the double. And she's like, How the fuck did you sleep with my boyfriend? She's like, Well, everybody has. That doesn't mean I think everybody has. I mean, it's important. And then two hunters show up and piss into the water <laughs> and lands on their jackets. It's okay, but um, at, like, some of it got in their mouth. Inner, inner mouth. <laughs> you know, that's like, yeah, you, know, <laughs> you know, the worst for me was like, I, like I, I enjoy, like, especially like the look of like some of these foreign women, right? And when I was, like, checking out, like, when 
I don't know, when the internet was younger and first checking out like free porn on like sites like fucking UFUC and XX and XX or whatever the fucking site is and shit, right? So I had no idea what fully clothed porn was. You know, I just thought it was, you know, hot chicks in clothes fucking. You know, unfortunately, what it also is nine times out of ten are fucking piss videos, man, which aren't my thing. So, that's just one of those weird things. Yeah, 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 you know, like, uh, I'm all for the, like, the the clothed female nude male thing and everything, but yeah, it's like when when the dude starts fucking, like, pulling out his member and he's just, like, pissing on the chick and then she's pissing on him and then she's pissing on the other girl and they're pissing on each other. It's like, what? Come on. Why? Why do you piss so much? Like that's that's my main question. Like, what the fuck are they doing that they're being this much? I remember. I remember um, when my uh, ex mother in law, her um, husband you? passed away. No, when her ex-husband passed away, she decided to actually watch a porn for the very first time. Went into a video store and rented a porn. Yeah. And she was like, and it was, and it was just called Golden Hits. And she was like, oh, it must be like a best of a porn. Let me take this one. Oh, and, no. she said, <laughs> and she said, she was like, the whole thing was just nothing but people peeing on each other. I was so upset. I'm never going to rent another porn ever again. <laughs> Is this what porn is? Oh, man. <laughs> it, it, Sorry that happened. It, but, um, uh, it, after you have a the, question the why your mother-in-law man. told you this stuff? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Southern Comfort does that in a woman. But it's after the split with Liz and Gene where Lise runs into two of the hunters and she's trapped by them. And they make her dance to Macho Man, and she puts on the Falcon costume, really getting into it. And instead of them kind of assaulting her, they decide to hardcore make out with each other. And she gets yeah. by this. <laughs> Come on, Monkey really? Is hard. Getting into it, and she gets upset by it. I thought that was so great. Where she's like, "What well, you guys aren't going to But see, what was great too is this actually is a callback to the line that the coach says when they're inside the mm-hmm. bar when he says that they only get off on each other, you know, like they're, they're not yeah. cousins or whatever it was. He makes like a family fucking make-out line there. Yeah. But then on the flip side, you have Gene running to the Boy Scout camp, where you have the, the camp waiter singing a song and his guitar, mm-hmm. and she's like, you guys, you gotta help me. We're gotta all help gonna me die JT. <laughs> <laughs> you just need to get out of here. Like, if we want to help you. And then I love when those two hunters show up and they're like, well, where did she go? And he just does the head nod and then they just blow his fucking head off. <laughs> but before that, I love when he pulls the, uh, the rock to the blind kid and hits him in the face. He's like, oh, sorry. But not only was he blind, man, it was a blind black kid and they named him Ray. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Ray Ray. <laughs> Like the one one blind kid, he throws it. He's like, "Oh, sorry about that." But <laughs> so, um, when we catch up to to Morgan on the beach after she decapitates the one hunter, it, this is kind of like her redemption as far as Suzuki's concerned. And she's like, "You know what? I'm sorry. You're not a falcon anymore. Come on, bring it in for the real thing. Give me a hug." And she slides that machete right into her chest, and she's like, "Oh, shit! That was 
that was an accident. I, did, I didn't mean to do that. So when Emma kind of recovered, she's like, what's going on? Whoops, going to push it in again. Whoops, uh, I didn't do anything. They did it. They, they totally did it, and I had nothing to do with this. So let's just get out of here, huh? I was like, okay. So Morgan is just, you know, on the evil again, front, you know. I like it. Uh, again, special effects were great, but at the same time, again, we have these moments of horror movies where all of a sudden bodies are squishy and made out of jello. No resistance, no nothing. Adult-ass fucking machete going through like it's a fucking samurai sword. And it was just like, come on, can't can you give us a little resistance of some kind? But no, it just slips right in. Yeah, it was probably real sharp, so it probably worked that way. I don't know. I mean, it was just cool to see Morgan being evil and kind of showing her true colors and that she's just fighting for herself. She's not really a part of the team. Gotta do what I gotta do. do. Is it, okay, which isn't evil. It's not evil. Yeah. Okay, she, one, it was an accident the first time around. Two, she just didn't want to get blamed, so that her sticking it back in, you kind of can't defend that. She, she fucked up there. But she's pretty much the star scream of this this movie you know if you ever watched the transformers when we were kids starscream was all about just wanting to take over the leadership of the decepticons and in transformers the movie he literally throws fucking <laughs> megatron out the side of a fucking spaceship he's like bye see you later boss you know and fucking talking about it you know megatron's busy begging for his fucking life man that's all morgan wants to be the leader we've watched her yeah. with Multiple characters here show that she's jealous. She shows that, you know, she feels like she is better than all of them. Um, she certainly looks as far as, like, and I'm not even just talking about, like, being the hottest out of them all. I mean, like, physically out of this entire crew, she's like, you know, she, she's built like she's a, uh, an athlete. Um, the rest of them all kind of just look like dainty-ish girls, except for the thug ones. Um, you know, the gangsters. <laughs> So, so, so yeah, so it's just within character, and I like it. You know what I mean? Again, I, I love great characters. I love a character like this where it's like, you know, I'm going to survive because I, I, don't, I love you. I kind of like you, I think, but you know what? My life is fucking more important than yours. <laughs> she also wants to so you're dead. Return. Whenever she wants to say it. So, uh, Tatiana gets captured when she goes to the hospital, and she tries car that she thinks is going to be the main road, but she's really nothing bank. She's captured the dog. Well, Gene, Emma, and Morgan going to the hospital. They decide they're going to go into the RV and see if they can find a phone to call the police and say this is happening. And they have bars on the phone. So while Emma is home to fucking... She's home. Instead of calling the police, Gene calls... She curses them out. I fucking loved it. Yeah, I'm going to call the police. Yeah. Oh, sir, you motherfucker. How dare you fucking cheat on me? What the fuck are you doing? Did you get the cops? <laughs> Meanwhile, no, said that. <laughs> Meanwhile, Serge has another woman that's hanging out with him because apparently well, he's going around real it's the well. Girl at the beginning. <laughs> it's the girl at the beginning who he had to help. She got hurt, which is why Emmy was in the game in mm-hmm. the first place, the one that Morgan spikes off of. The reason she was even in yep. the game was because the other girl had gotten, quote-unquote, injured. But we kind of, I don't know, you know, you saw that he was got he had something going on as he went walking away with it. Like, they just had that look on their face. Like, they're going to go in the back and go bone. Yeah. So, I love the fact that she used the phone to do that rather than to call the cops. Um, and this is at that point where they decided their volleyball experience to take down the hunters. And it's kind of working for a little bit, but 
how much damage are you going to do with that? Like, you're knocking them out. They're getting bloody noses and bloody faces. So they're going to... Well, these are the bo- guns. And <laughs> yeah, it's roped. It's amazing. Bat, she gets roped. Back the microphone up just a little bit, monkey. Sorry. Huh? Yeah. yeah. No, Sam, back the microphone up a little bit. The heavy breathing's getting me hard. Okay. That's better. So, yeah, after the, the volleyball fight, we have Morgan being uh, roped by the hunters and dragged away. She's like, please help me. Gene says, well, we'll come back for you, I swear. Like, we're going to come back. I'm like, I don't want to come back for her. You know? <laughs> she, every person for them, they're still in the team kind of, of thing. Uh, and then we find out that Tatiana, Morgan, uh, and Gene are all tied up, you know, in chairs, and they're being tortured by the dude in the mascot uniform that was seduced by uh, Morgan earlier in the film. And I love when the barman shows up. <laughs> now it's kind of like a cult movie where they're all wearing cloaks and weird kind of satanic cult that they have in this basement. Uh, when the barman, again, has no lines, I love it when he reveals Danny's head to Tatiana, and it's all sewn up from the shotgun blast that it took. And she's like, oh, oh she's so oh, beautiful. She's, I love what She's you so doing? beautiful. She's glowing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He sees the, the bite taken out of the ear. He just points the head at the two hunters behind him, and then he just walks away fucking mad. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, are, you are you serious right now? God damn it. I'm just going to go sit in my throne, and you guys can just do whatever the fuck you want. Like, I had something <laughs> set up, you guys, and you guys had to fucking bite it. Whatever, guys. I'm going to put it on the turntable, and we're going to put more head turns around. I think, he, I think he was just upset that, that they broke it as well, you know? Like, they, they should not have done that. Should not have taken the exactly, bite. yeah. Yeah, it's upset because he had this perfectly good head to show to Tatiana, and she was all about it until she saw the bite. Yeah. <laughs> you guys just do what you need to do. And I love that they put it on the turntable while they're playing music, and you just see the head turning around and around while the barman just watches these girls get tortured. Um, Gene manages to sneak in from a vantage point and shoots one of the hunters in the face, which it was perfect because during the sequence, we have the hunter, the main hunter, the barman, with a gun. I thought it was an air gun until the little uh, sword came out. And I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. It's not your traditional well, air they gun use, that they use. Well, no, no. They, no, they, they no. had to put down uh, livestock. They put down cows and shit yeah. like that. With yeah. That. Yeah. Yeah, some of them use the ones that they Six is cool. <laughs> if, if, if you watch Vin Diesel movies, you know what you can do with six inches. <laughs> we, uh, we saw that in, uh, well, it's funny, but uh, Gene brought it up earlier. It, they uh, they used it. That's exactly what the the weapon was that Mike Hanlon uses in the new It series. Yeah. yeah I, I completely forgot that there was a blade in it because I thought it was a, like a soft bullet or something like that that went up to the head. But, uh, yeah, I'm mistaken. But anyway, uh, this is being used to kind of pick who's going to die. Morgan has been chosen to die by the barman. But no, pick Tatiana. She's got the softer skull. I'm like, oh, you bitch. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know, every man for themselves. And just as that's about to happen, the hunter dies, and now all chaos is breaking out. Tatiana, with that fucking She-Hulk strength, manages to break those restraints <laughs> real quick. Just bursting out of it. Like, I was like, oh, man, look at that. While Morgan's still tied up going, can somebody help me, please? <laughs> I'm sorry that I said that they had to kill you. <laughs> well, that's because she's tapping into that, you know, Home Depot tool belt lesbian strength that she's got going on. That's what that's all about. <laughs> it's just, I just, I loved it because it was that, that 
a little, little bit. bit. Well, she just was a little, little bit. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> and while this fight Not is happening, that's when we see, the, no. we see the coach drive <laughs> to the wall, and he's fucking fierce. His hair slicked back. He's got the dog necklace on, and he's ready to fight these guys. He's punching <laughs> any hunting he could find. You know, he's got one and a half Nelson, and he's punching another one. He's like, I'm sorry that I left you girls, but I'm making it up to you now. I'm taking them all out. Come on, who wants them? Who wants them now? <laughs> It was just good to see yeah, him was, come back. And, and I, I was glad that he came back. Yeah, and again, it was everything was set up. You know, we we had the the dog scene and all that. So it's uh, again, everything is just clipping along exactly as as we would expect it to, and it's fun. That's that's the important thing. You know, when he comes crashing through, it's done in a way that that is fun. He can't get out of the the car. You know, because he went and he pinned himself in. You know, and then we don't see him kick out the window, but, you know, the next scene, we see him climbing out the windshield, um, which was there prior. So, like, all those those little things that I love them omitting, like, you know, and I feel like all of this stuff is completely done on purpose. That wasn't an accident, you know, that's just one of those things that sometimes in a movie you take for granted, you know, you just, you don't question it. In this movie... They're just going to throw it out there. You're not supposed to question it. You're just supposed to laugh at it. No. And it, it does, especially when he's, like, grunting and, like, cursing at himself as he's trying to get out. Like, God, like, <laughs> like, okay. Right, I'm here. <laughs> you know? um, and during this fight, we see Morgan go grab a knife, and you think that she's going to join in this fight and fight for survival, but instead nope. she immediately just goes, Oh, no. And says, Man, I, this, this, this you couldn't even get one hunter. <laughs> You can just take that one. The smudged black eye makeup. Makeup? I'm done. Mm -hmm. I'm done. That's that's like my Achilles heel, (laughs) man. Like there's a handful of things. It's just a handful, and that is just absolutely one of them. It gets me every time. (laughs) Well, Mm. while this is happening, we have Tatiana with the air gun running after the barman chasing him through the main part of the hospital and finally catches up to him after he slashed her in the back of the leg. And she puts that thing in his mouth and just sends it right to the back of his skull. And it was kind of funny because he's laughing the entire time. Like, you know, okay, what are you going to do? Kill me? Yes, that's exactly what I'm going to do. And just kill him. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Well, it's like he laughed at it because he caught it in his mouth. You know, like, yeah. like, you shoved it in the mouth, and, like, did he find that funny? Did he think that it wasn't going to work? Like, I, yeah, like, that, again, being that this character doesn't talk, and we really don't ever get any information on these characters, it makes every little thing that he does do just so curious. Yep. Yeah. Just his little mannerisms were just fun. Like, just playing around with them when he showed up to the hospital. You know, toying with them before they all run off, <laughs> not having any yeah, words and just having And it threw me off though because I was totally expecting like something of like a final line from the guy, but the way they wrote him, you know, they just kept completely mute the entire time. I was especially when now that we were at this moment, I was expecting at least some kind of final line or something witty at the very very end, you know, just a silent Bob moment or something. But no, no. <laughs> Or, no. or find out that he has a squeaky voice or something, you know? Like, he sounds like Mickey Mouse. Yes, yes exactly. Yeah. Something. What? <laughs> <laughs> As he goes to his uh, Weiss is 
discovered by Gene, who realizes that Morgan did it, so they're going to fight for a little while, which I did like, because it's kind of like, all right, you killed our friend. I saw that you did it. You know, so I'm going to go back and forth with you. Meanwhile, Coach, he's grabbing propane tanks, and he's like, all right, I'm going to end all this. <laughs> I'm going to for this fucking team. Go Falcons! Champion that I am. I'm going to go out. And the girls escape. And it gets lit up with Morgan shouting no at the top of her lungs. Like, yeah, cool, because I don't care about her. After all the evil that she Sorry. did to survive, I don't mind it. No, yeah. she needs to survive. Yeah. I dispute that. Yeah, I dispute <laughs> that completely. Yeah, but Lise, you know, she didn't need to die. Morgan didn't need to kill Lise. There was no reason for it. Like, that's not survival. That's just killing somebody because you want to be the team leader, which you technically could have been. Because after you killed Suzuki, they didn't know that you killed her. You could have been mourning her and taking over, but instead you decided to get stab happy with those teammates. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's I guess that's her turn. I mean, theoretically, if they were to ever make a sequel to this, you could bring her back as one of them. Yeah, if they were going to make it that she survived, I could see that. I mean, that's it's a possibility she could just be Doctor Almost Burned. I mean, if Dr. Williams could survive that hospital explosion, I guess Morgan could survive that explosion at the hospital. Anything's possible. Um, but, yes, Tatiana, Jean, Emma, you know, they all survive, and they go off to who knows where. It's, oh, that's it's, right. It's, it's, it's Jean. It's not Jean. It's Jean. Did you guys watch the French version of this, or did you watch it with the English I watched the uh, dubbing? I watched the I watched so, dubbing. I... <laughs> This was this was actually something that I totally wanted to add because it adds like it added like another layer of humor. I watched it with the audio in English, but also with the English oh. subtitles turned on, uh, which mm-hmm. was completely yeah. different than the English audio, which I thought just added some 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 great comedy to it. Uh, see, I can't do that. I watched this with the French dialogue because I want to hear what the girls actually sound like and like the. I put the English dialogue on for all of like, I don't know, ten seconds, and it was just like, yeah, it was just so bad, like I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Well, well the, yeah, see, energy. yeah, well, see that that was part of the problem that was, you know, added to the how horrible the movie was for me was just how bad the dumping was for this movie. Uh, see, I, you guys gotta watch. Really, really I can't watch bad. foreign films without the. The only things I can watch dubbed are cartoons because, like, for me, I don't have any uh, frame of reference for the speaking. But if it's like an actual right. like film, and I'm watching the people's mouths do something other than what they're saying, then nah, it starts to throw me off. And I watch everything with subtitles. You know, like, I don't. I just it's just a habit now. Um, but yeah, no. See, maybe you should try watching it in French. You might actually enjoy it a little more, man. It doesn't sound as okay. comical as what the English dialogue sounded like. Oh, I mean, okay. I'm used to Italian cinema, so I'm used to bad dubbing. Like, I'm, it's not beyond me to watch a badly dubbed movie. It just—I I didn't mind it. It didn't really bother me that much. But I, I do like the fact that the three girls show up. The one thing is, I feel like there's a difference with those older Italian like films like that, where they did that, um, than when you're taking newer films and, and you're doing it with that. Like again, in this case, it was almost like the dubbing went too far into like the silly, silly side as yeah. far as the voices sounding and everything. 
Yeah, like I said, it's, just, it's what I'm used to, so I guess that's why I didn't mind it too much. Because I've seen mm. some Italian horror movies that really have bad, bad dubbing, where it's just over the top, and then just. But I, you know, I like the movie, so it's. I kind of let the dubbing go by the wayside because it's just what I'm used to. But I mean, overall, yeah, having that ending with Surge was great. You know, because it could lead to a sequel. But I just <laughs> love the look of them. The, the bandoleros across the chest, you know, holding shotguns. Yes, time for some ass kicking. Oh, you know, it would have been great if that had post-credit sequence of them walking out with Surge's head. <laughs> you know, or using it as a volleyball, you know, that would have been great. But, you know, that is, that is I had fun with it. You know, monkey might have to revisit it. Like you said, but the, the French and with English subtitles, maybe you like it even more, but I had fun with it overall. It's a good fun romp, you know, the, the waste of, and it's a short movie. It's only an hour and 13 minutes. So got yeah, those really short. Movies. Yeah. Those shorts, especially when movies, they're in French, um, Dean. <laughs> it's not a world. It's not. It's not a world though. Oh yeah. <laughs> so that was the girls with balls from 2018. Uh, next week, as we close out the show, uh, the pick goes to me. Uh, and since my pick lands on Valentine's Day weekend, I decided to do a romantic horror movie. I guess you could say, but it's going to require you to go on Amazon and rent it, just like with Possessor, 3.99. Drop in the bucket. I don't do it too often. But this is one I've wanted to talk about for a while. From my number one pick of 2020, After Midnight, directed by Jeremy Gardner. Okay. All right. Sweet. So I'm looking forward to it. Oh. I've been wanting to talk about it for a while. And I think it's a good movie to pick for, like, pre-Valentine's Day for people that now this you know, is in the, relationships. And, this hmm. is the latest in that Ethan Hawke, Judy Delpy series, right? Yes, it is. Yes, I think <laughs> it's the third one. Oh. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Excellent. Yeah, Richard Linklater. Uh, the original title was supposed to be right. something else. But I think Jeremy Gardner was. So we're looking at the, the, the Midnight After, directed by Fruit Chan. Yep, that's the one. That is the one. Not Sorry, Simon Yam, Janice Mann, and Tyra Hui. Why not? Go for that. You can it watch says that. It says $2.99, not $3.99. Is that French? I don't think it's the right. You're not looking at the right. No, it says, it says, it says $2.99, not $3.99. After Midnight, directed by Jeremy Gardner. Last time I checked, it was $3.99. After Midnight, by Jeremy Gardner. We're going to let it hang out. Yes. We're going to shake so our tambourine. It is a, a, a I don't really care if you guys hate it or not. I just It's a love of mine, this movie. So I'm really looking forward to, to talking about it. Um, and I'm not going to give it away what happens. So we'll be talking about that next week. After Midnight, directed by Jeremy Gardner. Uh, Monkey, thank you so much for joining us. Do you want to hit your yeah, plug man. before I get to the D? Uh, no, just uh, I'm the Mad Monkey. Thanks for listening to tonight's episode of Talking Terror, and let me come in your ear. Good night, everybody. Right. Thank you so much. And, Dean, thank you, and I look forward to having you back here for our pre-Valentine's Day celebration with After Midnight. Girls oh, with yeah. balls. There you have it. Girls. What can be said? What can be said? Shotgun. All right. Shotgun. Want to hit the It is. It is. But you don't want it. It's definitely too late to be able to order something to get it in time for Valentine's Day. But uh, St. Patrick's Day is around the corner. Extra shipping, man. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, but also get get lucky on St. Patrick's Day, man. You can't do the right thing on St. Patty's Day, you know. But again, remember, get consent 
and real consent. Drunk consent is not always real consent. There's probably yeah, some King. Room in there somewhere though. <laughs> um, remember, Listen, no means no, or no means yes. Yes <laughs> means anal or something like that. Uh, but anyway, the whole point of all of that was to go to Etsy, put in the search bar, all in one word, Bonfire Bee Designs, and you're going to find all kinds of gemstone jewelry, bracelets, pendants, necklaces. All kinds of stuff, you know. She, she crafts all this stuff by hand. She's making it in the house. It's, it's, it's a big mess everywhere. Um, so she get on over there and buy it just to get it out of here, man. It's taking up space, and I need space. You know, I've got all these Star Wars books that I'm, I'm, I'm collecting, and I need places <laughs> to put them. And, and all this jewelry is all over the place. So if you buy that, it gives me room for Star Wars books, and then you know what? Then we're all happy, I think. Or at least I'm happy. You'll be happy because you'll have that. So, again, go Etsy, all one word, Bonfire Bee Designs. Aside from that, stay scared. Falcon. 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 All right. And as always, I'm your old Falcon King of Horror, Andy G. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Falcon. Um, as always, hail yourselves, hail Satan, hail Odorous. Watch horror movies. Keep America strong. And we'll look forward to seeing you back here next week for After Midnight, directed by Jeremy Gagner, where a lung will tear you apart. Hail the Falcon.